You're listening to the Jewish Living Podcast. I'm Rabbi Nachum Mech. Okay, shalom everyone and welcome. Hope everyone is doing well. Um, wanted to cover tonight a couple of different things. Um, I think we're going to start, I was going to start in a different direction, but maybe we'll start here. We, we might cover two different topics depending on how far we get. Um, the topic for this evening is going to be how long does a bracha go for? You know, we've been talking a lot the last couple of weeks about bracha rishona, the bracha that we make over food. We talked about, you know, we talked about hamotzi, the bracha for bread, mizonos for grain, hadama for vegetables, ha'etz for fruit. We talked about hagafen a little bit. We talked about shahakal. We spoke the last couple of weeks about what happens at a meal. We talked about ikar and tafel, primary and versus subordinate types of foods. I want to cover tonight a very, very, very practical halacha, which is, okay, so I made my bracha on whatever, on bread, on a cup of water. Do I need to make a bracha of shahakal every sip that I take? Or do I make one bracha when I turn 13, when I was bar mitzvah, and please God, that lasts till 120 till the day I die. So, the answer is somewhere in the middle. Everyone could go home now, right? No, so, so there's going to be some nuance. There, there basically the, the basic idea is a bracha. So, so that that's, those are the conversations we're going to talk about. How long does a bracha last for? So there are going to really be two major categories um, that we're going to discuss. Category number one is called hesach hadas, which, gosh, is a hard word to translate. Hesach means the ceasing of das of awareness. So we'll talk about what that means. And then the next thing, which is going to be very practical, is shinoi makam, which is change of location. Let's go with the starting point. In theory, and actually in certain scenarios, actually in practice, when you make a bracha, when you recite a bracha, I recited shahakol niyabidvaro on my cup of water. In theory, that bracha lasts all day. That's at least the starting point. It lasts all day. I should caveat it on any food that I had in mind to drink, or in this case, to eat. If it was in front of me, that would also be okay. Or if I'm, let's say, I'm a I'm a guest in someone's house, so I don't know what's going to be served. So it kind of goes on whatever is going to be served that meal. By the way, a guest might also be a husband who has no idea what his wife prepared for dinner, or in some scenarios, a wife who has no idea what her husband made for dinner. The idea is, is my das, my awareness, the bracha will stick on anything that, again, is in front of me, that I have deliberate intent for that bracha to stick on. Or if I'm a, if I'm a host or someone else is sort of serving the meal, anything that they were planning, that that other person was planning on bringing to the meal. And in theory, so those are the foods that it covers. And in terms of time limit, in theory, it goes for the rest of your life, theoretically, until you really, I guess, if you were to really go to sleep, we'll see. If you really go to sleep for the night, that probably also is a termination of, of the bracha. But the idea is, that's the starting point. Is everyone with me? The starting point is the bracha goes forever. I will just point out, that's not everyone's opinion, but that, at least my understanding, reading the Mishnah Bura very carefully, and Simon Kufpei Dalid, Sif Aleph, I believe, if you read it carefully, there it is a machlok. It is a matter of dispute. The Magen of Ram will tell you, no, it's not true. But that's not my, my understanding. Mishra Brua says the bracha theoretic, theoretically, and it's not just in theory, in principle, and in some scenarios, in reality, it lasts forever. Okay? A bracha, however, will end when you're Messiah Das, when you, in your, when you, 
really decide, okay, my meal is over. I'm done. The question is, is what do you do to have that cessation of eating? When you really make a real cessation, you've really decided, I'm done eating. So now, if you want to continue eating, you would need to make a new bracha. Does that make sense? The question is, is what qualifies for that? The simplest and most obvious thing would be reciting bracha achrona. If you recite, as we're going to learn in the coming weeks, we've been talking about bracha rishona, the foods, the brachas that we recite before eating. So we're going to learn there are brachas that you recite after eating. Most notably would be bircha samazon, benching, which we recite after eating bread. But we're going to learn there's me'in shalosh, the alamichia, which you recite after grain products or food from the seven species, or borena fashos, which we're going to recite and everything else. But when you recite that after bracha, so if you decide you want to keep on eating, you now need to make a new bracha rishona, new you know bracha beforehand, and that's pretty intuitive. Does that make sense? But really, what's going on is it's considered hasachadas. It's a cessation of awareness. I took a bracha. I made a bracha on my beverage. I then said the after bracha, the borein of fashos. I recited the after bracha. If I now want to drink again, I need to make a new bracha. Okay, that's the clearest, simplest form of hasachadas. On top of that, it's not just reciting that bracha achrona, it's doing anything that clearly, clearly prepares you for a bracha achrona. So, for example, if you would go and wash mayim achrona, if you recall before you bench, before reciting bracha samazon, I think we talked about it, we might talk about it a little bit more. There is a halacha, it, it is appropriate, and, and uh, it's appropriate. You should wash your hands, not quite like proper natal sedayim, but at least rinse your hands a little bit before you bench. Rinsing of your hands, that is also considered a hesachadas. That's the cessation of the bracha. If after you wash mayim achronim, the afterwards, before benching, if you say, you know what, I'm still a little hungry, you're going to need to make a new bracha on whatever food you want to make, you want to eat. Additionally, if a person says, come on, guys, let's go bench. A verbal acknowledgement or a verbal declaration of I've ended my meal by saying, let's go recite the, the bracha achrona, the benching, the berkas amazon, whatever it may be, by verbally expressing I'm done eating, that also qualifies as a hesachadas, a cessation of your original bracha, okay? The million dollar question is, is let's say I didn't say anything, I didn't do anything, but I thought about it, okay? I was thinking, yeah, I'm pretty much done. Okay, the halacha, at least to me, it seems, the halacha is that's not considered hesachadas. So if you drank water, drank water, drank water, or whatever, you ate your bread, 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 and then you're like, you know what, boy, my fault, I'm not interested in eating anymore. But then you're like, you know what, changed my mind. So long that you didn't say anything, you didn't make an official declaration, I'm ending my meal, you can still keep on eating without making a new bracha. Does that make sense? Questions, thoughts before we go on? These are pretty intuitive halachas. It's not very complicated. The basic idea is if you make your after, the, the bracha achrona, if you make the, 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 the bracha, the after bracha, or if you say you're about to make your after bracha, you wash mayim achronim, anything like that equals end of your bracha rishona, your original bracha. If you want to eat more, you need to make a new bracha. Straightforward enough. Question? It's so tight. Remind me that you have a mind. Even if you don't know specifically what it is, like, okay, this is going to have a whatever I'm going to give today. Is it relevant if you have in mind when you say that first bracha? It's got to be in front of you, or it's got to be something that's in your, uh, or you have clearly in mind. So, for example, if I made a bracha shahakal, and then I'm like, you know what? 
I'm hungry and I go to the fridge and I see, oh, look, that's interesting. There are some fish. I would need to make a new bracha. Okay, so you, when your bracha rishon, it, it can only go on something that's either in front of you, even if you don't have it in mind, or if you have it in mind, even if it's not in front of you, or thirdly, if it's the, the third, the third thing is if you're a guest, you made a bracha, you don't know what's being served, whatever you're, and again, it's not even a guest, it's you're not sort of in charge, you're not the quarterback of the meal. If it's your husband, your wife, your whomever, they're sort of serving you, so go, you're, you're kind of, you're subordinate to whatever they have in mind. Okay, terrific. So now we've talked about this. This is what that's sort of category number one of when, when does a bracha rishona, when does your first bracha, when does it end? The answer basically is, is when you said and declared, I, I'm done with my meal. Which means, again, in theory, if you ate a six hour meal, you make one bracha and it just keeps on going. Whether it was over bread, whether it was you just sat down to drink coffee, you made that shahakal and you drank coffee for six hours straight. Not a problem. That one bracha lasts six hours. Okay? Question. I have a big water bottle that I fill up every morning. Mm. I usually take a drink of that before like getting in the car. Ah. And then I hold that throughout the entire day. Sometimes I don't finish it and I don't refill it. Okay. If I'm not refilling, do I need to make another bracha? Okay. So... You'll note, I was very deliberate that I said you were sitting at your table, you were eating a meal, okay? That's, it's just going to go by your das, by when you really do something as a cessation of your meal. There's a second totally new idea, new prince, not necessarily hesa hadas, which is cessation of, you know, your intent, but there's a different thing. And these are very, very important halachas because they come up all the time. There's a second way to kill your bracha rishonah. Okay. There's a second totally new set of law. It's called shinoi makom, change of location. Shinoi makom, when you change your location. I'll ask three questions. What determines your makom? What, where is your place? What happens if you change your place? And are there any exceptions? So the answer is yes, yes, and yes. So let's go through it. For those who are keeping score, this is in Simon, please, if I remember. Kuf, Ayin, Ches, 178, in the Shulchan Aruch, if I recall correctly, is where you're going to find these halachas, um, and they're important. These, this stuff comes up all the time. As Tal pointed out, I'm going to, have a big thing of water and I'm going to grab it with me. What? How does that work? The general rule, let's just say it like this, is when you trigger a shinoi makom, when you trigger a change of location, you're going to need to make a new bracharisha. Okay, that's the rule. You're going to trigger, and when you change your location, you are now going to need to make a new bracharishon, a new you know, bracha beforehand. Okay, so we're going to, again, three things we're going to need to, or let's see how many things we're going to need to figure out. What's considered a shinoi makom? What are the, and what are the notable exceptions? Because there are three notable exceptions. Okay, so what's considered leaving, what's considered leaving your home? The answer is going to be like this, or not leaving your home, leaving a place. Shinoi makom, changing your place. The answer is going to ba go, basically go like this. Once you leave the roof of a building, that's a shinoi makom. So if you're looking up and you see a roof, so so long that you see a roof, that's not going to be a shinoi makom. The moment you don't see a roof, now you've got a shinoi makom. You've changed places. But Rabbi, I took one step out of the door of my house. 
Okay, it is a discussion, and people say, oh, once that the halacha is, it is, it is indeed that would be considered a new new location. So if you were drinking water and you stepped out of your house, even if you want to continue drinking outside of your house, or if you take one step back inside of your house, new bracha. That is a shinoi makom, a change of location, five-yard penalty, repeat third down, and repeat your bracha. Okay? Now it's a new bracha. Okay. Let's talk about this. So what about, let's say you have an apartment complex and you have two apartments in one complex. So the answer is going to techni- is going to go like this. Bidyevet. If you went from apartment A to apartment B, so long that it's under one roof, don't make a new bracha. That's what's called bidyevet. If, if you did it, don't make a new bracha. However, it's not best practice. We typically, the halacha goes like this. If you're in the same room, so this is what I'm going to just make sure everyone is under uh, is familiar with the, the, the concepts of lichat chila versus bidiyavid. And then we'll just make sure before we go, go any further. Bidiyavid means if you did it, what happens? Means I already messed up. Now what? I left, I, I walked outside. You need to make a new bracha. But there's always a difference in halacha and in life between what you can do and what you should do. Bidiyavid means if it's already done, what, what happens? It's the worst case scenario. L'chachila means what is the halachic preference? What should you do? Okay? So l'chachila, if you're in the same room, even if it's a big room, if you're in the same room, you can make a bracha on one end of the room and go to the other end of the room. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's totally fine in halacha, it seems to me at least. L'chachila, you can do that. So if you're at a kiddush at the shul, and you're in one end of the, the room and you made a mizonos, you had some cake over there, and now you want to eat some cake over there, not a problem. I'll take a step far, farther, the, the footnotes bring. If let's say it's a different room, but it's like the same house and it's very normal to go from one room to the other. This is what the footnotes in the Mishnah Buru bring. So for example, in the in the deer shoe, this is what they seem to suggest, like your kitchen to your dining room. You're always going, that, that's like, yes, they are two different rooms, but it's functionally, it's one room. So what we say, the, that would also be okay. That would also be okay. L'chachila, not a problem. Another thing is, let's say it's not right quite kitchen to other room, you know, to dining room, but let's go to our apartment complex. Example, from one apartment to another apartment, if when I first made, this is a key thing, if I first made the bracha, I had in mind, I'm going to eat here, but I'm planning on going to my next door neighbor. Again, it's all under one roof. That would also be totally fine. That's lichachila would be okay. Now, let's say I didn't have that in mind and I ate in one apartment and now I want to go to another apartment. Best to, to say your borin afashos to end your bracha and make a new bracha in the new place. If you didn't, don't make a new bracha. Okay, did everyone see what I did over there? It's best to lichachila end it, but bid the evidence. If you didn't, it's not considered a shinoi makom. It's not considered a change of location. It's best to just call it a day, end your bracha, make a new one in the new location. But if you didn't, don't make a new bracha. By the way, the idea, it all really goes back to if you're, the explanation for those first two exceptions, for like, let's say it's in your house, 
right? From one room to the other. It's just, that's considered like it's in your das. When you make a bracha on your dining room, you're going to go into your kitchen. Everyone knows that. It's considered like an assumption that that's what you had in mind, that I'm going to kind of move from one room to another. Okay. Does that, does that make sense so far? But this is all provided you're under the same roof. It doesn't help if you're not under the same roof. Once you leave the roof of your house or the roof of the building and you're in, you're outside or, you know, five-yard penalty, it's new bracha. That's, that's a shinoi makom, changed your location. Okay. So those are, that's the definition of an, of a change of location. What if you're outside to begin with? Typically what we say is if it's like a clearly enclosed area, sometimes you have a courtyard that's considered like one room. If it's a very clearly enclosed area, if not, you're really at a picnic. We usually say anywhere that you can see from the place that you made the bracha. That's generally going to be the rule. Okay. Now, sorry. So if you're making bracha at the bottom of the mountain and then when you drink water at the top, is this good? Okay, hold that thought. I'm going to get to that that example later in a minute, in a few minutes. Okay, that might fit into one of our one of our exceptions. Theoretically, maybe I guess it really is in the line of vision, but you probably at some point don't see where you are. But but theoretically, okay. Am I making sense so far? So now we've defined what is considered changing location. Am I making sense? Thoughts, questions? Okay. Here are three very important exceptions. Very important exceptions. These things come up all the time. But again, we stop right now. The question, the, 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 the halacha is, and it, it really is, if you're drinking a cup of coffee and you take a step out of your house, you've triggered a shinoi makam. You need to make a new bracha. Can I share a story? Came to a new yeshiva. I, to, to my, the yeshiva that I ended up spending many, many years studying. I was in Queens, Yeshiva Chavatayim. That's where, where I spent many, many a year. So I was a new student in, in the yeshiva. I was there, I don't know, a couple of weeks, not even. I'll never forget the story. It's, there's no point to the story, but it's an interesting story. I remember walking my Rosh Hashiva. I wanted to ask him whatever it was that was on my mind. And I remember, I must. I think I was eating an apple or drinking a cup of coffee or something like that. And I was walking with him in the building and I was walking him to his car and I walked outside of the building, took two steps. Literally, I remember exactly where I was. For those who are listening, I was in Forest Hills yet, uh, leaving the entrance to the yeshiva on 69th. I hadn't even yet left the path to actually turn onto the sidewalk. And I remember my Rosh Hashiva turned to me and he said, this is Rabbi Harris. So that's for those who remember, that's Mrs. Katanik's father. He turns to me and he says in his raspy voice, he says, Nochum. Do you know the laws of Shinoi Makom? As if to gently point out, I had just left the building and I was now outside. If I wanted to keep on eating, I would need to make a new bracha. And he was totally right. I was like a little embarrassed, but <laughs> but it was very cute. He pointed it out. I was eating an apple again. I was eating an apple. I was drinking a cup of thing. I was just walking him out. I left the, the building. That triggers a new bracha. Question before we go on. We hit our three exceptions, which are going to be very important. What, what is... Um, so the new book is required even if you didn't bench. Yes, yes. Very, I want to flag, and I'm going to flag this, but not get into details. Sephardic halacha is a little bit different from what I understand. I don't know how they actually practice. It's actually a little bit more stringent. They would say you need to make an after bracha, bracha chrona, and then make a new bracha rishona. I think, I don't know if that's how they actually paskin, but that's how certainly the Spartic 
the Shulchan Aruch brings it. But for us Ashkenazim, I, my suspicion is even for most Sephardic Jews, this is probably how they actually practice. The halacha is no bracha achrona. There's no after bracha. It's just make a new bracha nishon. You want to take another bite from that apple? Another bari priya eitz. If you want to continue drink, take another swig of that coffee, another shahaka. Yeah, but but again, in, in this scenario, and I really do want to keep on eat drinking and eat, I would not make a bracha afrona. Am I clear that is that that's a little confusing? No bracha afrona. Yeah, it would be a bracha shein and you, you specifically don't make a bracha afrona. But we're in a new makom, so... You need to make a new bracha rishona. Am I using too many words here? It's only the before bracha. The after bracha, because I'm still planning on eating. Which, maybe let's sneak in a little bit of uh, advertising. The laws of bracha achrona, the the, the after bracha, are a little bit different than the laws of bracha rishona, the the bracha that we make beforehand. This would be a classic example. That's exactly, That's this would be an example. The law is you need to make a new bracha rishona, you need to make a new bore priha eitz, a new shahakol niebet varo, but you don't need to make a, no, a new after bracha. That, that you do when you're really, really, really done. Shannon had a question. Shira. Um, so me. what if the food that you have stayed in one spot, but you leave and come back? So like I have presses in my car, even if I'm going over, and then here in the class, I go back to the car, and you want to be eating as soon as I get back there. <laughs> So I'm, I'm going to change your example and pretend it wasn't pretzels and pretend you were talking about apples. You'll see why in a moment. But let's say it was it was apples. It doesn't matter. You change location. You went from your car to the building, from the building to the car. Need to make a new bracha. Even if you left the apples. Yeah. That's my understanding. Thank you for bringing up our three exceptions. Let's talk about our three exceptions. There are three exceptions to the laws of of shino yimakom, of change of location, and they're very, very practical. Number one, if you're dealing with bread or a mizonos, so like a real grain product, not rice, but, but like a real grain product or bread. So the halacha is the laws of shino yimakom don't, are, are kind of suspended, okay? Fully suspended, which means... If I'm eating bread in place A, or I'm eating mizonos, pretzels, which is why I I didn't like your example, in place A, and then I want to go to place B, so I can continue eating the bread or the grain product in place B, or if I want, I can go to place B because I want to get my book, which I left in place B, and then return back to place A and keep on eating. So it's either to go to, it's either to return, you know, from A to B back to A, or it's from A and I'm just going to go to B and that's it. I'm never going back to place B, to place A. When you're dealing with bread or mizonos, that's the halacha. Then you can do that. You're covered. You're covered. Bread or mizonos, again, but mizonos is specifically grain. It doesn't apply to, to like rice. Um, the halacha is mizonos or bread. This is that's how we that's that's how we roll. Okay. Exception number one, an important exception. Exception number two, it's not, it, you know, you're gonna see there's a little bit of a difference in the halacha on the application in exception number two versus exception number one. Exception number two is if you is obviously when you're not in exception number one. So you're not eating mizonos, you're not eating pretzels, you're not eating bread. So you're gonna be drinking coffee. Okay, but you're eating, you're drinking that coffee, bichabura, 
in a group. So if you're with a group, so then you can take a step out, but you have to come back, okay? Whereas when it was with Mizonos, you can go from place A to place B and keep on eating in place B. That's not what the halacha is with, with this second exception when you're eating in a group. When you're eating with a group, all that it allows you to do is leave your location and return to your location. You can't eat in the new location. If you want to eat in the new location, you're going to need to make a new bracha. But if let's say you're drinking coffee in a group, we're in a Starbucks. And this is a very practical halacha. You're drinking Starbucks with a with a friend. And you're like, oh no, I left the files in the car. You can run back out outside to your car, come back in with your files. You don't need to make a new bracha. Okay. If you want to drink in your car, that's a problem. That would be a shinoi makam. That would be a change of location. Does that make sense? So if you come back to the original location, and again, provided that the original company is still there, if they all left, it doesn't count. But if you take a step out, you can return back to that group and you haven't triggered the rules of Shinoi Makam of change of location. That would be the same with your, with your family, you know? With your family, with anyone. What if it's a child under 13? I don't know, I'm assuming it's just all the same. But I, I think the idea is you're, you're anchored to the group, okay? That's exception number number two. So again, exception number one is Mizonos, which gives you get out of jail free card. Exception number two is when you're with a group, when you're with a group, it's you're allowed to take a step out and take, take a step back in, okay? And then we get to our third exception, which is a very practical exception, which is your, it's called a, it's, it's interesting. The mission of Bruno only like mentions it very briefly, doesn't really tell us a lot of the parameters, but I think I'm reading just like much more of the contemporary stuff. It seems just like, it just follows a certain intuition, which is if you're a holche derech, you're a traveler. If you're traveling, you're by definition changing your location. So what do I need to do? So again, assuming it's not Mizonos and assuming I'm not with a group, do I need to make a new bracha every step that I take? How does that work? I would be, so the halacha is, shinoi makom, changing a location triggers a new, new bracha when you ate in place A and now you change your location. If I never had a location, the laws of shinoi makom don't, don't kick in. So if you're on a hike, for example, and I've tried to pin this halacha down, it's... I, to the best of my ability, here's what I, my current understanding of halacha, someone might, I might at some point recognize this is not the halacha. If assuming you're going to be eating and drinking at a fairly regular interval, if you're going to be eating and drinking, you know, once every three hours, my suggestion is have your drink, you know, eat your cliff bar, say your bracha achron and move on. But if you're going to be eating within every half an hour, I'm going to say every 45 minutes, max an hour, you make one bracha, you climb to the top of Mount Charleston, you climb down and you make your barin of Ashkos. Been there, done that. It's very cool. Like you make one bracha to start and you go and 14 hours later, you make your barin of Ashkos. The whole time, I'm drinking the whole time. I'm constantly eating. I'm like, I'm not making, I'm not done. The only thing that would say you're done is that I've changed location. I hike 19 miles. Like I'm the whole time is, is a change of location. So it would be one bracha. That's that's my current opinion. I, I, I have discussed this with different post game about specifically like a hike where I've gone on like a seven hour bike ride. Same type of thing. I think it's the same thing. But it's also true if you're going on a plane, 
train or automobile, provided that you're in a constant state of eating, your bracha rishona will, will stick. Okay? Am I making sense? No, but Andrew, you had a question? You're fine when you say Mm-hmm. Now, I, I want to, I want to, there's going to be one last thing I'm going to want to flag on this in a second. I'm specifically talking about a bracha rishon, your first bracha. It, in theory, never ends. I want to bring in a new idea right now, and then and then we'll go finish our shenema thing. Your bracha achrona, your after bracha, that does have a time limit. I should have really pointed this out in the beginning. Your bracha rishona, the bracha that I recite on an apple, in theory, that bracha lasts forever, provided I don't do any hasachadas, any cessation of in like, you know, I, I don't say a bracha rishona, provided I don't do any shinoi makam. Okay, I don't change location. Or in our third example, the whole time I'm a shinoi, I'm a traveler. It should be noted there is one important, very important halacha. When it comes to your bracha achrona, your after bracha, there, there is a time limit. Again, again, highlighting bracha rishona and bracha achrona, your before bracha and your after bracha have a little bit of different laws. Your bracha achrona, you can recite within the time it takes for you to digest your food. Any questions? <laughs> Rabbi, how long does it take you to digest your food? Thank you. Okay, but but it's called sheer equal, the, the, the amount of time it takes to digest, which we'll, we'll define that in 10 seconds. But the idea is, is once you finish digesting your food, you've lost the opportunity to recite your bracha achrona. So that's why I would say in theory, this is all in theory, because there is another consideration. If you're a traveler, you're hiking, if you're going to have breakfast, you know, in, in the beginning of your hike, wait three hours you, you really should, you, in theory, the bracha rishona, the before bracha, will cover your lunch, but you've got a different problem, is that it's not the right thing to do because a three-hour gap is more than enough time it takes your body to digest. So you should recite a bracha achrona, and then you're going to need to recite a new bracha rishona if you want to continue eating. Let me explain. When you take a bite of an apple, let's assume you're not a traveler, you're just in your house. You made a bracha on your apple, on a meal. Once you stop eating, you have a requirement to recite a bracha achrona, the after bracha. You can recite that so long that your body is still digesting the food. How long is that? There are two ways of measuring it. Either you are no, you're, you feel, still feel satiated. I ate a big meal. So long that you still feel satiated, you can still recite the bracha achrona. You can bench, say a barina fashos. That's fine. So long that you still feel satiated. Sometimes that's a little bit of a hard time to get, to gauge. So the Mishaburu says it's a minimum of 72 minutes. Okay? 72 minutes is the, is the floor. The ceiling is you still feel full. If you're not sure, Suffolk Brachas Lahakel, don't recite the, the after bracha. Now, the one thing just to keep in mind is it's 72 minutes from the last time you stopped eating. So a lot of times this how full you are is a little bit of a hard metric to go by. I try to not work with that. That's like too subjective. Object 72 minutes is on the clock. That's that's objective. You can't argue with that. It's 72 minutes that gets reset every time you start eating. So in theory, if you're in your house, you do no shinoi makams, you don't change your location, you start a meal, the Mishaburu gives us as an example, and you're eating every 
half an hour, you start with your bracha in the morning, you don't bench till the evening, and you're a glutton. But that's a different point. But the bracha lasts all day. Because so, again, you haven't digested, you haven't waited, you haven't gone 72 minutes. Okay? Did everyone follow that? Any, any questions? So if we go back to our, Samantha, let me get to you in one second. If you go back to our hiking example, in theory, hiking is the same thing as the guy who sits down and he says, I'm going to fresh, I'm going to eat the entire day. I'm not going to leave my house. You're really the same thing. There's going to be no shinoi makam. The, cha- the fact that you're changing location won't be a problem. The only challenge you have is when are you finished eating? So the answer is, if you're not going to be eating for another 60 minutes, do yourself a favor, recite your bracha achrona, your end bracha. But if you go back to the first halacha that we stated, once you recite your bracha achrona, you're now going to, the after bracha, you're going to need to recite a new bracha rishona, a new before bracha, if you want to now keep on eating. So if you made, you're eating cliff bars, you're drinking powering, and you made whatever bracha, and I'm not really planning on drinking on a very regular interval. So with drinks, we tend to try to be a little bit more, I would say within a half hour, um, you should really say a bar in a fashos or whatever your bracha achrona is, and then make a new bracha. I give the example of hiking or being on a bike. I've done back in my, the good old days, and not even such good old days, I've done it fairly recently, when you go on a multiple hour, let's say jog, or a multiple hour hike, or a multiple hour bike ride, you should hopefully be drinking and eating pretty regularly. I try, when I go on like a seven hour bike ride, or on a hike for that matter, like anything over, really over three hours, I keep, I almost keep like a, an alarm, I eat every half hour, I'm on the half hour. I will, because otherwise like you forget to eat and then you bonk and you hit the wall and you die and it's horrible. It's it's, it's a horrible, what? No, but it's horrible. Have you ever been that? If you've gone on a long hike or a long jog or a long bike ride, if you're not eating on every hour. So I, when I'm in those situations, I make one bracha when I start. I am always geeked up about the fact I'm about to make one bracha and it's going to last me the next eight hours because you never really are in that situation. Because usually a normal people, you make a bracha, you eat like a meal, you finish, you say your bracha achrona, and you move on to your next activity. But when you're on a bike or when you're hiking Mount to Mount Charleston, you've got a 14-hour one activity. Okay. Did I make sense? Thoughts, questions? Samantha, you had a question. That's like when you're on long distance hikes or things like that, and you have glucose packets, do you think you're going to follow the 30-minute rule of those, or do you do? Uh, I, again, like the gels? Yeah. I would again, I was 30 minutes, easy, or even 45. It's fine. If you're doing them every 45 minutes, one bracha. Again, if you wanted, if you for whatever reason decided, I'm just going to make a bracha chronos, you could do that too. You're just going to need to make a new bracha rishon. I just find it something like some I find myself when I'm like on these long things. I'm drinking, I'm a I'm I'm a little just personally, I drink every three seconds. So I don't know, like I'm drinking every, I'm constantly, constantly drinking. I carry a lot of water and I refill. Well, I'm on a bike ride, I refill. Yeah. But uh, hiking, I'm I go with at least a three liter, at least a th- I do three liters plus some backups. So I'm drinking all the time. I take a lot of short little sips. So I just find it annoying. I'm not constantly making a new bracha. I feel like it's, it's unnecessary. Okay. So Shira has a question. No, 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 no. Now we'll talk about more of the laws of bracha achronas, how much and when and water and coffee. And there are certain leniencies yeah. that we, we, we have with water. So like I say the bracha over water. Yeah. 
as much as you want. The first bracha. Okay. Okay. So, so what we were going to, oh, we we're not going to cover this today. Maybe next week we are going to cover what happens when you eat something and then you're right. You know, you decide I want to start a new meal, like bracha. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about some of those kinds of scenarios. We're not going to have time for to do that today, but maybe, maybe next time. So let's just quickly review. And then I want to just make sure I, I, uh, clar- I just want to clarify one, one last thing. Again, shinoi makom, change of location requires a new bracha. Change of location is going to be defined as leaving, the, you're not under the same roof. Okay, even one step out of your house, change, that's considered a shinoi makom. Requires a new bracha. Three exceptions. If it's mizonos, it's a grain product or a bread product, you, the laws of Shinoi Makom are completely suspended, which means you can leave your house and come back into your house, or you can leave your house and just go to a new location. Totally okay. If you're Bechabura, if you're with a group, so again, provided it's not Mizonos, because then you'd have the first exception, but if you're, you're dealing with fruit, water, coffee, meat, whatever, something like that, and you leave your house, you can return to your house and not recite a new bracha. Or, exception number three, you're a traveler. You're on a bike, you're on a plane, you're on a something like that. That would also be considered a you're, you're, you're a traveler. You can, the laws of Shinei Makam don't, don't apply. I want to give another example. Like when I've been, up until then, we've been talking about where we're talking about on bike rides or hikes. Other examples of are a lot more practical. I do this all the time. I want to grab a coffee to go. Right, everyone see. I'm grabbing a coffee. I'm going to work. I'm going to the colo. I'm going to wherever, and I'm leaving my house. I'm going to grab a cup of coffee, and I want to have a sip of the coffee, but I want to drink it on my way to work. That's also called the halchitar. That's also called the traveler. I'm clearly planning on hitting the road. Okay, but and then this is a very important qualification. It's I had that intent when I made the bracha. I was clearly in my mind planning on traveling. You don't have to like, I went to Rabbi, I hereby have in mind Rabbi, Rabbi Matt's class, you know, it just means my intent was to travel. I was planning on going to work. So then it's clear you're a hoche derech. I'm on the way. So if you do that, you want to make drink, you make your cup of coffee, you have your sandwich, you're something like that. You can totally do that. It's not a problem. Okay, does that make sense? What would be a problem is I make a cup of coffee. I'm drinking in my kitchen and I'm like, oh gosh, look at the time. Time for me to travel. You can't, it, it goes by when you started the bracha. Not like in the middle of me eating, I decided, I hereby declare myself now a traveler. That doesn't work. It has to be like, what, what was your state of mind when you started eating, when you made the original bracha? Does that make sense? When you arrive during the message, or your intention to travel to there, you have to say about that. Say you're going to work and you're eating and drinking along the way, not the Zonos. Without a, without a buddy. I think at a certain point you have to say I'm not a traveler anymore. So I assume, I mean, it's probably not so practical. You probably have a cup of coffee. I would finish that cup of coffee. I would finish that. But if I'm like, that, that's sort of how, how, how it operate. I don't know if that makes sense. 
Okay, thoughts, questions. So again, we we covered Hesach Hadas, cessation of our of our you know of just intent of eating, and we covered the laws of Shinoi Makom and its three exceptions. Uh, again, I'm going to iterate and reiterate the laws of Shinoi Makom happens all the time. This is one of the most common areas of Alaga. If you want to know, I'm going to bring everyone on the inside. If you want to know if you're on the inside of like if you know like halacha, like you're a function, like People like talking about Shinoi Makam. Do you know the laws of Shinoi Makam? Shinoi Makam, changing of location means you're in the game because it happens all the time. And either you're aware of it or you're not. Like for some reason, it's like one of these like mini thresholds of Judaism. Do you know the laws of Shinoi Makam? I don't know why. It's like one of those things. You know the laws of Shinoi Makam. I'm in a new place. I'm not in a new place. What what happens? You know, it came up on Shabbos because we started to finish over the was it a Mizonos? Yeah. So then you don't need to make a new bracha. Yeah. Okay. okay, a lot of times Kiddush are going to be dealing with Mizonos. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Any other last thoughts, questions before we call it a day? All right, that's the story. All right, everyone's an expert. We're going to be Shinoi Makam. We're going to be change of location experts. All right, everyone, thanks for coming. You've been listening to the Jewish Living Podcast with Rabbi Nahal Math. Please do us a favor and like and share this podcast, ask a question, or leave a comment.